This week on the podcast, talking about online gaming, giving, and extralife.org. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Lou. Do I have you? You do. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our to our little chat today. Well, let's roll right into it. Uh, for everyone listening, this is Lou Aducci. I want to get this right, Lou. Watch this. Senior <laughs> Manager of Community of Extra Life for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So many layers there. <laughs> I, and, and he sticks the landing. Lou, I reached out because I am fascinated with your work with Extra Life. Why don't we move right into that? What is Extra Life? What does it do? So Extra Life is a way for gamers to play games and raise money for their local children's hospital. Uh, if you think of it like a walkathon or a runathon or any sort of DIY peer-to-peer fundraising program, you remove out kind of the endurance portion of it and you put in gaming and whether it's video games or tabletop games or kickball, uh, you ask friends and family to celebrate with you on a dedicated day of play. Uh, they support you throughout that that endeavor, and all the money that's raised stays local at a local Children's Miracle Network hospital. Okay, so for those listening, why, why would somebody watch somebody play a game? And more or less <laughs> on top of that, why would somebody donate money to somebody playing a game? Uh, right? I mean, it's... Trust me, you know it's it's a question that we you know that we ask, and we're obviously grateful for it because it, you know it's been an incredible success for us. But I think it's there's an interactivity when it comes to the whole live streaming live live streaming portion of gaming in general today. So the primary platform that that most folks use is going to be Twitch, um, and it's a platform where they do exactly that, where people they go they they share their screen. They interact with the audience, and people watch them play games. I think if you compare it to like watching any sort of sporting event, right? you're not actually playing the game, but you're watching someone else play the game. One of the main differences here, though, is going to be that personality, that person hosting that stream, that person talking with their audience, with their chat. And that's where we begin to create this world of what we call broadcasters or content creators or influencers. And those folks really can inspire their local, inspire their online communities, and the, they are motivated to to get on board with whatever they're doing. So, uh, in the in the case for us, when we ask them to go ahead and do a live stream and ask for donations to benefit their local children's hospital, that call to action is pretty powerful for that community. And it allows, uh, allows that broadcaster, that content creator, that personality to really leverage their community and uh, their clout, if you will, their online clout to raise funds for, for a pretty incredible cause. So Twitch sounds like it's like a YouTube, but for streaming live, is it? Live gaming? Yeah, it, that's 
exactly the case. Is uh, YouTube obviously has its own uh, iteration where you can live stream and, and have a, a almost a faux conversation, an interaction with the the people on you know on the live stream. Twitch is just that, and, and Twitch has I think it's billions of views each month with people playing games for their audiences. Uh, more often than not, they're, they're doing it out of enjoyment. A lot of people make a profession out of this, believe it or not. Um, and then there is a subsection of, of folks somewhere between the professionals and the, the amateurs who do it for charity. And those are the folks um, who drive a lot of eyes on what we do um, through Extra Life and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Okay, so this sounds like it's a fringe thing, and maybe you have like a few people playing, but really, how much is this actually raising for you? Sure, no, that, that, that's um, that's the exciting part is that we've been around. We're going on our eleventh year as a fundraising program for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and every year we have. Uh, around 50,000 people participate, and about 70% of those people who, who do raise funds or try to raise funds, they, they're live streaming. Um, give you an idea, last year we raised uh, over $13.5 million for our local hospitals across North America, the 170 hospitals uh, in the U.S. and Canada, including Puerto Rico. And throughout the lifetime of our program, we've raised over $55 million, and we don't really show signs of stopping. We were recently just um, uh, nominated, or not nominated, but we, we won the award of the fastest-growing peer-to-peer fundraising program uh, for nonprofits through the, the peer-to-peer form, uh, professional forum this, uh, this year. And again, we are, we're climbing that chart. It, people are wanting some, some other way to give back. And using their favorite hobby uh, is is kind of best way for them to get involved. And and just for some flavor, you're referring to esports, and the growth of this is uh, astronomical. This year, you know, various reports saying that it will top one billion in revenue. Uh, economies are entirely built around this. And what's interesting is that it seems like regardless of the the point of interest of game, right, like whether you're doing like a a Clash of Clans or a Fortnite or a fill-in-the-blank, you are allowing people to add this donate button and make, you know, it's it's gaming for a cause – and it's benefiting these uh, these networks uh, of hospitals, and it's you know it seems to be just printing money for you all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, it, it doesn't matter um, you know whether they're playing things competitively. It doesn't matter if they are live streaming them playing solitaire on you know on their table. You know, did somebody real... really? Did somebody actually do that? Did somebody? Oh, absolutely. Solitaire? People people will. <laughs> Yeah, they will do – well, okay, so then there's another level to this altogether is, is there's a whole poor part of just sharing what you're doing. Like whether the game – whether you're playing a game or whether you're drawing a picture or whether you're writing a song, all those things have happened uh, to raise funds for, for, uh, for our hospitals through Extra Life. The interesting part is when folks begin to incentivize donations, and that's the exciting part, that interactivity – the, the streamer or the broadcaster will say, if we hit $100 this hour in donations, I will, I will paint that top donor's name on my face. 
and I will wear it throughout the rest of, of this marathon stream that I'm doing. Uh, and that's just a little thing. They'll eat terrible fruits and foods, and they'll do uh, and you know incredibly embarrassing dances, all in the name of raising funds for their favorite charity. And uh, I, I can't I can't think of, of a that's fun to watch. I mean that is that is like interactivity between the host and the and the audience that you don't get with traditional television. And that's why I think this works so well. It, it seems I'm starting to understand it, but I think it's important to note uh, the the genesis of this. And I was on, you know, obviously on your site, and this starts in 2008. So this is not like a an overnight sensation, though. It seems that uh, there's an acceleration of fundraising. Can you talk to me a little bit about how this, uh, you know, fire was uh, was really sort of uh, grown? Absolutely. So in uh, 2008, um, one of our, our founder of Extra Life, he met a young woman named uh, Vic, uh, Victoria Enman. And Victoria Enman was sick with, uh, with a form of leukemia. She was stuck in the hospital a lot. Now, Jeremy Adams was uh, a part of uh, our Radiothon, which is a, you know, it's another fundraising device through Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And he met Victoria and was inspired by her energy and her life, but he saw that she needed something to do in, in the hospital. So he was an avid gamer, uh, and he actually had a podcast of his own. It was called Sarcastic Gamer, and he rallied his community to, uh, to send toys and video games uh, to Victoria and to, uh, to her hospital uh, in, in, uh, in Houston, uh, Texas Children's Hospital uh, in Houston. It was it was overwhelming. I mean, they've received so many toys they didn't know what to do with. Uh, to the point where Victoria had to take the toys and deliver them to the the kiddos herself throughout the hospital. And I was just you know this kind of kid kid that she was. And it, it began. I think Jeremy began to realize that this there's something there. There was something about tapping into the passion that the gaming community has and redirecting it towards doing something good. So the following, uh, the following years, it began to incubate into an actual fundraising a tool for that hospital. And then eventually, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals saw it as this incredible uh, opportunity and program and then brought it to the entirety of the network. Really, it's year after year of exponential growth. It's so much fun. It's so exciting. And every year, people begin to fundraising earlier. They fundraise more money each, each year. So it's it's a beast. It's this, it's this community of of big-hearted gamers that I don't think we could ever stop. Yeah, it seems like the flywheel is going, and you know we'll come back to. I, w I really want you thinking also about how an average nonprofit out there might enter into this because clearly, if you are among the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, you are in a very good place uh, because this engine has been built uh, to to benefit a, a very focused community, which actually makes it a very clean narrative uh, with regard to that. But I want you to help us understand that, like, look, if I started playing, you know, Minecraft right now and started raising funds, like, I, I think, like, maybe my mom would watch, but only in the hopes that, like, my daughter might make a guest appearance, right? <laughs> Talk to me about approaching influencers in the gaming community. Right. And that's a, a hot topic for most nonprofits is how do we how do we engage these influencers 
regardless of level of, of, of influence, whether they have a couple hundred people in their community or they have tens of thousands. Uh, there, I mean, there, there's, some, there's some folks who are more gated than others, but what it comes down to is they all have, they all exist in a public space. And so it's a matter of finding those people who would have that connection to your cause. It takes a little bit of digging but you watch them. You actually watch them show up to their streams, follow them on Twitter, uh, and say, "You look like somebody who might be interested in this particular cause," and you reach out to them and you begin that conversation. Because more often than not, they're going to want to be a part of of what you want, of what you're doing. You just have to find, you know, that that connection, that uh, the power of the impact of, of fundraising and how that would affect your particular nonprofit in hopes of that resonates with that particular influencer or broadcaster. And so it sounds like a real ground game, similar to the way we approach donors, uh, where we have to go to the community. And in this case, it sounds like you're suggesting I go and sort of march through the worlds of Twitch and be like, oh, this person, this person. Is that, you know, is that where we're getting at here? Well, I think so. I think that, I mean, you're going to see a high level of, of influencers who are doing tremendous things. You know, you'll, you'll have... Uh, Ninja, and for anybody who knows, he's one of the, the top streamers for, for the game Fortnite you mentioned earlier, raising millions of dollars for, for, for charity. And you'll see that these, you know, these, these people are very well supported through their, their networks. They have sponsorships and partnerships with, with, with brands. And those folks are going to be like celebrities. They're going to be like what we consider a traditional celebrity but they they have a direct tie into the community that that's going to be motivated by what they're going to be doing in the first place. And there's different levels of that. So yeah, I think that you're right. I think going in and finding, you know, finding these folks who are streaming on a regular basis uh, is definitely a good first step. Um, I think conversely though, something that's unique about our program about extra life is that we've you know, we've built up a community that is not only surrounds, they might, they might rally around a particular game or title or video game console or style of game or streamer or what have you, but the cause that they, that they all agree upon is important to them is our cause. And there are, you know, there's a lot of bleed over between, you know, the gaming industry and what we do. And we kind of get the best of those, of those communities, you know, whether you, whether you like to play Minecraft or whether you like to play Fortnite, a lot of those folks get inspired by being able to help out their local community and they rise to the top. And then we get to kind of skim those really awesome uh, charity streamers, charity gamers off the top and bring them into our community. And then they again, support each other. And it's kind of this ongoing process of creating the best charity gamers in the industry. And I think that, I think that that's what we've been doing for the past 10 years. Yeah, and it's, you know, kudos to the organization for paying attention to what started as a spark and staying with it and building it. And anyone jealous, like, you know what, the best time to plant a redwood was 20 years ago, and I think that's what we're looking at. And the right. second best is today. And when we look at it and we're saying, like, okay, you know, you're talking about $50 million or $13 million being raised yesterday. You mentioned Ninja, who I think broke some record in, like, a four-hour stream raising a million dollars. You know, what is the distribution? Like, give me a, a – give us a visual of is it a 90 – is it a power law where 
5%, 10% of these streamers are raising 90% of the funds, or is it more distributed, long tail? No, that's that, that's going to be uh, a, a case of the just sheer numbers. Is If you look at our 50,000 folks who uh, typically fundraise for, out, for us throughout the year, we'll have some, some folks who really do stand out, uh, people who've and brands have really taken to, to taken to the cause. So a good example of that is our friends over at Rooster Teeth. And if you don't know who Rooster Teeth is, they uh, they produce a lot of uh, maybe not suitable for work content, <laughs> but they have a direct connection with their local Children's Miracle Network Hospital in Austin, which happens to be Dell uh, Children's Medical Center. And they were inspired by by what we do. And each year they raise over a million dollars and they inspire their community to raise a million dollars. So they're kind of the outlier. By and large, the majority, um, the majority of, of, our, of our funds are raised by that one person who may or may not be live streaming. And that's kind of the beauty of our program. You don't have to live stream. A lot of them do, a lot of our participants do. But you can also host an event. You can have a game night with your friends and family. You can cover the pizzas and everybody donates to your participant page. Really, it's, it's, it's one part marathon, one part DIY, and all parts you know, traditional fundraising. And that's where a lot of our, our funds come in. It's, it's people making that ask and uh, making the case for children's health in their community. So can you give me, and I totally understand if you can, can you give me an idea of the, the median the, the median amount raised by a stream or an event? Yeah, that would be uh, for the average streamer raises, okay, there's a couple of different categories. So it's, we have what we call our classic folks and they, they just sign up and they just, they just fundraise and then we have people who call, who, who call them, we call them platinum uh, participants they pay a little bit of a fee, and then they get some. They get some incentives. They get some some extra life swag throughout the year whenever they hit certain milestones. So, so those folks tend to raise. And actually, I'm glad that you're asking me that. I, I should have had that right in front of me. Uh, hold on one second. I'm so to be sorry. fair, you're you're such a you're such a sport uh, because I love putting people on the spot and be like, ah, obviously here's some uh, deep data dive questions <laughs> that you should know off the top of your head. The point, and while I sort of give you some time to look this up, the point I'm getting at is I love that it's not just the the big heroes, right? We see in the news of like, oh, you know, it's this is you know, if we were dialing it back a decade, it was like, oh yeah, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie give away a ton of money, like just go find a celebrity and ask for a lot of money. That is not what I'm seeing. When I hear 50,000 people in a community working to raise money, I'm interested in the long tail. I'm interested in micro-influencers. I'm interested in engaging the digital natives that are growing up and not being asked. There's a whole opportunity because we're like, oh, young people don't have money is an outdated assumption. I think that I think that's fair, and thanks for thanks for giving me that segue and that, that breathing space. <laughs> and now drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, and then the the anticipation of that you really built it up. But I think you you absolutely nailed it. Is that our our program is it, it's it's a lot of people come together to make sure that there's funds raised for their hospitals. So to give you a, to give an idea, so the average fundraiser. We'll call them the, the not hardcore fundraiser who doesn't pay you know that that small fee to get a T-shirt. They raise um, about over $130 on average each year. 
Now that adds up, you know, that's, and that's a big ask. And that's a lot of money for somebody to ask for um, in terms of a participant. Now, those hardcore folks, those dedicated people that we see year after year, that we, you know, we retain uh, about 65% of, of our active fundraisers year over year, uh, and that's pretty dang incredible whenever you, whenever you look at, at the peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer market. And each year, those folks come back and they raise more. I feel like you have to say this again. What is your retention rate? Sure. So, so you could say about 50% of our folks actually raise funds So on mm-hmm. a given year. So roughly between like twenty-two to 25,000 thousand folks will will actually make at least a dollar right but out of those folks uh, who do raise money about 65 percent of them come back the following year and if we get them back after that first year we more or less have them for a very long time if not for the if not for quote unquote lifetime then every year they'll raise exponentially more money than they did the year before because they use the tools we provide, they get more savvy, they start live streaming, they, they know how to make that fundraising ask uh, better than they did when they first started. So to give you a sense of like that, those folks, those folks who come back year over year, they're more likely to, to plop down that fee, to buy a t-shirt, to get that, t- not buy a t-shirt, but to get that t-shirt unlocked, to get the, to get the swag, they will raise an average of $713. Uh, for the, the course of, of their, their campaign. And again, to your point, these are just people. I mean, not that you know, influencers and broadcasters aren't people, but these are, these are people in your communities and our communities who really want to make change uh, for good, and they just happen to be doing it through gaming. This is incredible because you're crushing all manner of retention numbers and <laughs> giving numbers. And you know what's... You know why I think fewer people aren't doing it, and I want your answer to this. I think fewer people aren't doing it is because we are a slightly older generation that, one, just doesn't get why on earth someone would watch and then also get through a game. Uh, Two is because this is the fastest growing market, esports in general, uh, out there, and this is just taking a fraction of it for for giving. And I think we're having a, a hard time as you know professionals in the nonprofit fundraising community. Uh, we're having a hard time moving from the you know peer to peer fundraising of old school. Like, all right, we're gonna go out there do our turkey trot. We're gonna go out there do our five Ks, our bikeathons, you know, our you know pumpkins for Parkinson's and and whatnot and i think that's that's a gap um clearly you're, you're filling that what is your sense on why adoption has been uh slower than it could be why adoption across the the yeah. nonprofit sector like I why isn't everyone running around doing this right i, I think that it, i think that you, you hit on it is that there is a sense of what's familiar is safe and you know year over year we've we've raised those funds through our endurance through our you know, through our gala or what what have you but those, there's a lot of overhead with those, and those, those things are getting expensive. And that's we're starting to see those those folks have a decline in participation and and in donations. Um, I think that it's scary. I think it's scary to say, um, okay, general public, go speak about our cause uh, and ask for funds. And it's you're you kind of put some you take a little bit of a chance to to put those talking points in the hands of. Uh, you know, of the participants to, to, in a sense, represent what you're trying to do. So messaging is 
needs to be clear. Your talking points need to be clear and to the point. You know, ideally, you know, those you find somebody who resonates with that, or you find a community that resonates with that, and they just take what you're trying to do and run with it. And if it happens to be with gaming, great. I think if you take a look at the the live streaming phenomenon as it is, it doesn't have to be gaming. I mean, it, there's people who literally just have talk shows all day on Twitch and on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, you know, on Facebook, Facebook Live. There are people who interact with audiences consistently. So I need to jump in here because this yeah. is important, right? I need to jump in because we're talking about two channels of communication and you, you, you pinned it. And where I want to go with this is that certainly one channel is the video. I'm playing some inane game running around trying to collect all the things for the stuff. The sure. other channel is the narrative. Now, when people are streaming on behalf of the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, how much of that narrative is actually like awareness building and talking about the cause versus like, I just totally pwned that guy. <laughs> I, I think it, it, it'll vary, but I think because they're streaming, because they find that connection, uh, because these are, these are kids and young people in their communities. And there is inevitably one person who has that connection to their hospital. If you give a sense of, like one in 10 kids in North America are treated at our hospitals. So it's a pretty good chance that you or someone you know has been affected by the care given at, at one of our hospitals across, across the network. So that's that local connection, that local, uh, the, the power of that, that local storytelling that really hits home. And then they can take that narrative of saying, well, this, I don't know this kid, but this kid lives down the street from me, or this kid's in my town, and this is what's happened to them, and this is their story, and this is why we need to fund you know, our local uh, children's hospital. Uh, so I think it's that connection. I think that we also want to see where that money goes. And through Extra Life, I think the, one of the most exciting parts of it is 100% of the funds raised through the, uh, through the participants' fundraising goes back to that local hospital, the hospital of their choice. And they use it for the area of greatest need. So that's also another exciting thing is that we don't ask them to earmark their money for anything. They, they spend it how they see fit and how they need to spend it for, for the kids in their community. I think that's an important important note, especially in our attention economy, to realize there's so much opportunity there. Uh, it, it excites me personally, and this is super helpful. Lou, I'm going to give you the option. We can either do a pro versus con on e-gaming fundraising, or we can play put you on the spot for coming up with pitches for gamers on behalf of various types of nonprofits. Which direction? Choose your own adventure. Oh, that's great. And that's perfect. I love that. I love choices. I love to choose your own adventure. I'm going to have to go with the, the the pitches that's interesting oh. to me because it's scary oh, it's, i'm not comfortable with that and i always believe do something that scares you so i'm going to and i'm terrible at improv so i'm gonna just I'm so gonna you're playing to it. your strength are you are you prepared so here's the context right. i'm going to give you basically a non-profit uh give you a little concept around it and then you have to craft the ask to the gamer, maybe even the type of game or how you would how you'd move that forward, uh, including or maybe not limited to saying, like, all right, how we make it into the uh, online gaming fundraiser. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll muddle through it. If not, I'll, um, I'll go back and, and go do the other one. <laughs> 
And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad. Did you know that 83% of the people on average, according to MNR, that go to your donate page do not give? Check your doctor, results may vary, but people leave your donate page at a staggering level. GetLighthouse.io allows you to create a list of emails that went to that donate page but didn't necessarily give, allowing you to send a note, a follow-up saying, hey, how can I help you give? It connects to Google Analytics and mail to add this functionality to your existing site. Go check it out at getlighthouse.io and back to our show. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start with the One Love Foundation. The One Love Foundation helping uh, end relationship violence, increasing uh, emotional intelligence in young people in relationships. One in three young people uh, for women are going to be uh, abused uh, some way in a relationship growing up. One in four men. So this is a macro issue affecting young people. Uh, and again, they're doing on the ground work uh, with uh, I'm vamping, by the way, to give you time to think about this. Uh, <laughs> but they're on the ground in actual schools with uh, these conversations uh, about the topic. What would be your approach? So my approach would be finding, first of all, focusing in on gaming that is cooperative uh, and that is relatively non nonviolent specifically. And there's there's definitely plenty of games where you can play together uh, with in, in, between two people in a group and have that be the, the, the format because for, for an organization that wants to uh, help eradicate violence, the last thing you probably want is to have like a, you know, a, an assortment of extraordinarily violent uh, games, you know, promoting their, their particular cause. Uh, so I think that as a platform, having games being played together with other people on a live stream would be really uh, engaging. So uh, there's there's one particular game that uh, you know you can play Mario Party, and people will argue Mario Party is a game where you you play with each other and against each other. It typically ends in being very fun spirited, but in the end, it's there's a lot of collaboration that needs to happen in order for and in, in order for objectives to be met when you're actually playing the game. Uh, and I think that that's tied into kind of like the pitch is that we need to come together to to you know end uh, end you know domestic violence to to work towards that goal I'd throw in a wild card. I'd go after the best players like the ninjas on Fortnite and challenge them to win a match uh, without firing a single shot and they'd maybe have oh. to do it in a group mode but oh I love that yeah I, I love I, I also love those those challenges and you you're, you know you're on it to it you got it you picked it up that just finding okay. finding that all right that Lou, next one next one here we go here we go uh, world animal protection world animal protection is an international nonprofit animal welfare organization that has been in operation for over 30 years the charity uh, describes its vision as a world where animal welfare matters and animal cruelty has ended amazing okay this one for a second <laughs> uh, <laughs> So there's a lot of interactions and integrations that you can involve your chat in. And so there, there can be some form of, of way for folks to maybe instruct the streamers to do certain things, even like a live stream, with maybe interacting or playing with the pets or playing with, the, with, the, with the, maybe some animals live in studio. Or there's also the opportunity for the chat to affect the outcome of whatever game they may be playing. So that might be a fun way for 
the chat to engage and an effect and interact and thereby hopefully increase uh, donations being made to the to the live stream. All right, my my wild card would be to challenge uh, Minecrafters to build a Noah's Ark or a massive uh, humane farm uh, or a zoo of types. Uh, George, you're much better at this than I am. I'm well, I'm going second, and I made up the game. So rule number one: never play a game where the other guy just makes up all the rules. Like, all right, Lou, next up, are you ready? Doesn't matter. Yeah, here we sure. go. AmeriCares. AmeriCares is a nonprofit disaster relief and global health organization providing immediate response to emergency medical needs and supporting long-term health care initiatives for people in the United States and around the world. All right. See, now you got me thinking. I see, I see, I see, I see your tricks. You're very crafty, sir. The worst. Uh, so this is AmeriCares? AmeriCare is correct, and this is a nonprofit disaster relief, constantly responding to disasters uh, going on around the world, raising funds when they matter most. Okay, yeah, I, not not to not to play on the the Minecraft because it's so easy to go towards Minecraft because it because it's versatile. But I would say creating special shelters for uh the any any person participating in that particular minecraft session uh in in honor of uh funds being raised for for those folks uh in in, in greatest need <laughs> are you lou are you ready for the wild card you're gonna be so frustrated i am gonna be frustrated but that's okay all right i'm learning so, so much go for I it i would go with clash royale and i would challenge people to play marathon sessions when only using naturally disaster like lightning strikes or fireballs uh, to win these games. Wow, it's like oh, it's almost as if you've you had these planned ahead of time. I promise you, I <laughs> probably didn't. I probably didn't. Uh, alrighty, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give you just one more because okay. it's really funny to me. Uh, powerpoetry.org and I am a, I'm, a, I'm a personal lover of this one. I'm the co-founder of this organization. Powerpoetry.org is the largest online platform creating a safe creative place for young people to share poetry and to learn about the craft helping with emotional expression and acquisition of literacy. What are we doing? Wow. I, I'm, I'm thinking that there is an opportunity here for a just dance marathon where you are dancing and reciting the top picks of of poetry of, to to be expressed during a live stream of, of folks dancing to uh, the the popular game Just Dance. Alrighty, are you ready, Lou, for the wild? No. Card? <laughs> <laughs> so did, go ahead. Go ahead. You're kind. You're kind of ready, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Poems for poning. So you have somebody go through a game like Fortnite or a first-person shooter, and here's the thing. Every time you pwn someone, you have to share a poem. I love it. <laughs> wow, you've, you've just given me, like, four best practices that I didn't have before. Um, well, you chose the adventure, and <laughs> Lou, you've been such a good sport, man. Um, I've, um, I'm so excited. I, I actually want to, like, just stop right now because I've had so much fun, but... We always end on a pro versus con game. Uh, again, I've sh no, we always end on a rapid fire. Forget pro con. You pass that over. Rapid fire. <laughs> uh, but before we move into rapid fire, Lou, I'm going to give you a chance to just sort of like, you know the audience listening. Uh, any final statements on, on what, uh, you know, you think online gaming means and can mean? 
Online gaming is an incredible way for the participant, and in our case, the, the fundraising participant, to live out their hopes and dreams as, as a hero. They're constantly going on journeys um, when they're playing games to, to unlock the level, to gain the, the great power, to save the, you know, the, the village or the people within this virtual world. And Extra Life uh, is a way for them to take that virtual training and actually apply it to people in real life who do need their help. Rapid fire. Keep your responses to about 30 seconds or so. Are you ready? Yes. Doesn't matter. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the past year? We have just adopted an unlocked Facebook fundraising for our Extra Life campaign. This has been something we've been working on and working towards for so long, and finally we've been able to add this as yet another tool for folks to raise funds for their local children's hospital. What is a tech issue that you're currently battling with? Always looking for a seamless integration for the Extra Life experience, so regardless of how or where or when the funds are raised, making sure that participant has the best experience possible as we're constantly looking for best ways to, to collect those funds and apply them to those, those campaigns to continue stewarding those relationships for, for our top participants. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? Our program is growing. So after uh, this last year at, at E3, which is the largest electronics expo uh, in, in North America, or one of the largest ones in North America, we're seeing the, an incredible growth with endemic partnerships um, within the gaming sphere, and I think we're just going to knock it off the roof this year. So we're going to see, see us become much more of a household name, um, at least in those households that have video games. <laughs> Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things now. It has less to do with peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, but I, I have a theater background, and I remember... I, I, was a, I was very interested in the creation of props as a property master for, for plays. And I had an opportunity to go on tour with the, the first national tour of The Lion King. And I listened to my mentor who said I would hate it, and I didn't go. And so I think that the lesson I learned from that was not to be afraid, to take a chance, to be brave, and to... Uh, to really listen to your own voice and your own instinct moving forward. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? Successfully go out of business. That is, that's an interesting phrase. I think if, if they're not willing to follow the trends, if they're not willing to look at their data, then absolutely. I think that you, you need to be able to have a degree of agility within this industry to stay relevant. If I could toss you in the hot tub time machine, send you back to the beginning of your work with Extra Life, uh, what advice would you give your younger, less gamed self? <laughs> it's similar to my previous answer, but take more chances and you know temper that experience with a little more risk taking, um, and hopefully round out those skill sets uh, as we you know as as a, a fundraising professional. What is something you think that your organization should stop doing? Well, I know. My organization is uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals is set up to really value innovation and success and, and move things forward. I think that's something that I need to do to make myself <laughs> a better fundraiser is to begin to eliminate that 
that nagging voice of self-doubt and know that the choices that we're making are sound and that, um, that some, some doubt is good, but, but all-consuming doubt uh, is, can be really crippling. So that's, that's probably what I would change. If you had a Harry Potter-style wand to wave across the industry, what would it do? Okay, so the, the gaming industry or the nonprofit sector? Ooh, one for each. <laughs> so for the gaming for the gaming industry, I would love our storytellers in the gaming industry to uh, to to be able to tell the stories that they that they want to tell without a lot of um, fear of rejection. I think that the the gaming the gaming culture has a tendency to be really reactive to the stories being told. I would like to see that 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 kind of just you know kind of just get, get a little bit easier for our storytellers. I think for nonprofits, I would love it to to be a lot easier for us to cross collaborate um, where where it makes sense. It's, whether it's locally, whether it's tax laws or legality, or if it's international, I think that in the end, finding ways for us to elevate each other uh, it just make us better at what we at what we need to do. How did you get started in the social impact sector? I was first involved in nonprofit arts. I was a fledgling actor who asked the world <laughs> to let him work in theater, no matter what the cost. And it, and it, the, the universe did just that. I worked every job across the face of the, of the nonprofit arts sector. And then I had a kid, I had a kiddo and I wanted to do good for my, my local community. And I literally found, uh, found, Extra Life for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals on a Facebook ad of all things. I clicked on it, became a participant, and then years later became, you know, became the person I am now. What advice would you give college grads currently looking to enter this social impact sector? Don't have doubt. This is a fulfilling, fulfilling career path. And you can make a career out of it, but you have to be kind to yourself uh, and focus on what moves the needle for you versus constantly wearing all the hats. And I think that's something that those of us in the nonprofit world tend to do. We tend to stress out about covering all the bases. Begin to curate that skill that allows you to focus in on exactly what needs to get done to make sure that the work gets done. All right, Lou, thank you so much. Uh, final question, how do people find you? How do people help you? Folks can visit extra-life.org to find out more, to register to be become a gamer, to play games, and to heal kids. Yeah, and I will second that. Please put this on your homework, even if you're a fundraiser at a nonprofit. Learn by doing. Jump into this, raise a few bucks, see how it works. I mean, come on, you're supporting hospitals, so you're going to uh, do well, do good, and learn some things. So extra-life.org. Lou, thank you so much. My pleasure. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us.